today on the Beginner Photography Podcast. The same thing that I say to every client says all of my sessions are complimentary. I don't believe that you should be obligated to invest in images that you are not in love with. And after your session, we will meet at the studio and we'll have a reveal meeting with the very best images we created. And then you get to choose what you want to do. Hey guys, Raymond here from the Beginner Photography Podcast. Today we're going from begging clients for money to fully booked in just two years. So let's get into it. Welcome to the Beginner Photography Podcast with Raymond Hatfield, the podcast dedicated to interviewing world-class photographers to ask them the questions you want answered. Whether you want to be the world's best wedding photographer, family photographer, pet photographer, or you just want to take better photos of your kids growing up, we will get you to start taking better photos today. Here with you as always, husband, father, home brewer, LA Dodger fan, and award-winning Indianapolis wedding photographer, Raymond Hatfield. Hey guys, welcome back to this week's episode of the Beginner Photography Podcast. As always, I am Raymond, and today's episode with a photographer who has has honestly had explosive growth in the past two years. It's truly been amazing uh, just to hear her story and how she got to where she is so quick when there's so many people who are struggling and they tell me their struggles. And the guest today says, like, I know that these are struggles and here's how you just get over them. Like, here's how you here's how you take care of it. So I really think that you guys are going to get a ton of value out of this episode. Um, I know that I know that I did personally. I did. So um, I'm not going to hold you guys up any longer. It, it was, you know, I, j- I just wanted to check in with you guys, let you know how my past few weeks have been going. And uh, I'm going to get this over as quick as possible so that I can get back to editing. I have a lot of weddings to edit. So, all right, guys, we'll just go ahead and get into this episode uh, with today's guest, Brooke Mendenhall. Today's guest reached out to me to share some recent success that she had. She's a photographer who's only been in business for less than two years and went from begging her clients for pennies to now charging what she's worth and keeping busy. Today, I'm talking to Brooke Mendenhall. Brooke, welcome. Thank you for coming on the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. I just really felt like I needed to talk to people about the spirit of service and how it has changed everything for my business and has brought me from being desperate and stinky to now being in demand and making actual money and a living wage. I think that's hilarious that you added the word stinky in there. I'm not sure why, (laughs) but um, I I do want to thank you so much for coming on the podcast. And I think that it's something that a lot of beginners uh, do have questions about. But before we get into... Um, I guess I guess what set you apart. Let's talk about the the early days and how you even got into photography. Well, I got into photography. I had Kodak Easy Shares. If you remember those, oh yeah, I would buy a new one every year and take pictures of my kids and keep it in my purse. Well, I had a few people who were like, "Oh my goodness, you take really good pictures. Can you take you know photos of my kids?" And I'm like, "I don't even have a camera." And so eventually, my husband and convinced me to buy a D3200 on internet refurbished. And before I even got it in the mail, like I had no idea that there was such thing as manual mode on cameras. (laughs) I even got it in the mail. I did all of this research and I started out shooting in manual when I got the camera because I already knew how to do it. And so um, from there, more people started asking me and then I decided to charge them. I said, well, if I'm going to be doing all this work for you, I'm going to charge you. And I didn't even have a computer at the time. I'm not a tech savvy person. 
And so like I did curves adjustments on my phone for people's photos for $75 for an hour session for almost a year. Oh my and, gosh. Um, yeah. And I'm still not really a gear person. I still shoot with three lenses and, um, I have a D610 now and the D3200 is still my backup camera. And, um, so I went to an IPS webinar in December of 2015 and I decided to switch to reveal meetings that day. And the very next session that booked me, I met them in the, the city park is where I met them. And we put a blanket over our heads and watched a slideshow and did a reveal meeting. What? Okay, so so first, I, w- I want to break down a few things there. First, for the for the people listening who don't know, IPS is just in-person sales. So that means, obviously, um, or d- do you want to walk us through a little bit of that? You obviously shoot the you shoot the session first, and then and then what happens after that? What does the IPS session look like? Pretty much, a lot of people use a um, like a service to do their IPS. Um, but I just use Lightroom. I make a slideshow in Lightroom because I like to be just super simple. And then I go in and I make a Lightroom collection and I have them flag the images that they like. And in the first round, I say, just get rid of the ones that you hate. And like, if anything, you don't want it on Facebook, you hate this image, get rid of it. And then I show them all of their options and all of like, um, I don't know if you can see the image block behind me, but I show them everything that I have to offer and then they choose what they want to do. And if they don't want anything, they don't have to buy anything because I think if I don't deliver and if I don't do my job well, why should they give me money? Interesting. Okay. So just to clarify, do you, do you charge some sort of session fee like for your time for photography? No, you're shaking your head. So (laughs) how does that work? It's really well for me. Um, I mean, it, it has happened one time where a person didn't buy anything, but it was my fault because they convinced me. It was the, I think like the second or third ever, like, you know, no session fee, um, session. And, um, I sent them an online gallery because they lived out of town. And so then I'm sure they screenshotted it and they didn't buy anything. I but see. ever since then I have always had them in person and every person has purchased something. And, um, but if I don't, you know, please my clients, why should they pay me? Right. Yeah. I, um, where is that going to go with this? I mean, there's, there's a lot of ways to, uh, to take that. I mean, really it's, um, it's something that I think the beginners would probably be scared to do is to, first of all, they're always thinking about how can I make money in photography? So the thought of giving away a session for free, hoping that you can sell them, product on the back end is probably really scary. You know what I mean? So how did you come up with that idea? Um, really just, I, after I went to the, the IPS webinar, I decided it right then. I said, well, I'm going to start offering all of these exciting products because I had never offered a print at all before. And, um, I just decided right then I'm going to try it and see what happens. And I had been charging $75 for an hour session. And um, the next client, I think they spent like $350. I said, this is the way to go because they didn't have to spend any money. And here they are spending more than I've ever made before. And it just, it sent me on just a surge. And after that, after people were like, oh, well, you guarantee your work. And if we don't love the images, we don't buy them. And more people started booking me on that basis as well. So it was kind of like a 
not a marketing scheme, but it was really good for marketing. Okay, so and I do this. What was it Sorry. that you gave clients for the $75 originally before you switched to in-person sales? Everything. Everything. I, pretty much. I would shoot a ridiculous number of images for as long as they wanted to. I would say oh. it would be an hour, but really it was as long as they wanted me to. And then any good image I would give them and I would send it to them on Dropbox. Oh, okay. Okay. So they would get all the obviously high res or full res digital images that they could use for whatever they wanted, but no physical products were involved, right? And I never saw them see their images for the first time. Right. So I never people liked them or not. And now that is one of my favorite things in the entire world is watching my clients, which people are, are so scared of the reveal meeting. They're like, oh, well, isn't it scary? It's salesy. You know, what if they don't want anything? But when you see them looking at their slideshow and crying, you are fulfilled. Yeah, I can imagine. As a uh, as a wedding photographer, there's a lot of people who do um, in-person reveals, but uh, I, I've yet to do something like that. I've, I've been with people when I've shown them photos, like, you know, a few here and there, but I can't imagine. Like, there has to be so much more emotion in it when you're actually there and here's like a finished or semi-finished product right there in front of them. So that that's wonderful. I love the idea of that. So do you normally just shoot, um, or what is it that you normally shoot? I normally shoot portraits. I do a whole lot of seniors. Mm-hmm. Um, I tried for a little bit. I followed two breasts for like eight months and tried to switch to glamour photography and um, I have a hair and makeup artist and everything. I do an occasional session in the studio, but most of the times it's seniors on location or families, Um, but they all come and do a reveal meeting. I usually have more images than people would recommend. I, I stick to about 60 to 90 images per session, but it tells the story of it. And like if we're having a water balloon fight or something, you get to see the progression of a balloon hitting somebody. And so I kind of like to tell the story that way. And it's not a lot of like editing. It's more of a color correction and move on. So it doesn't take a whole lot of extra time to put in those images that tell the story. Right. So obviously, like you said in the beginning, you were editing all your photos on your phone or your tablet. And now now you've upgraded to a, a full-fledged computer and now you're editing within Lightroom, is that right? Yes, I edit in Lightroom and in Photoshop. I bought a computer right when I decided to switch to in-person sales so that I could take it with me. And I met, until this April, I met at Dairy Queen, McDonald's, Starbucks, the park, anywhere you could imagine. And so I think that not having a studio space is no excuse because you can just bring it with you, even on a tablet or whatever. Just bring it with you or print out some five by sevens, whatever you can do, have a printed reveal. Um, but just do it. Um, and it, I think it will make your life a lot more fulfilled if you did. Like, I think you should try one. <laughs> well, I think, I think I might. I might have to do it for like an engagement session or something. Uh, I, I really like that idea. So uh, I'm going to ask a few more questions about that. I know that m- most of the listeners, their biggest complaint is basically, or their concern rather, you kind of just tackled it. You said that you met at Dairy Queen, you met at McDonald's, you met at the park, wherever you needed to meet to do these in-person sales sessions. Can you walk me through how that goes? You said that you put a blanket over over everybody at the park once. Is that is that traditional? 
through the screen. We put a blanket over our head so that they could actually see the screen to pick what they wanted. And so I'm um, in the park in the middle of the day when it's sunny. Um, Starbucks is a really good place to meet. Um, but there's no excuse not to do it. It takes an extra hour of your time and you're serving your clients so much better. And um, like my sessions, I don't really believe in limits. Most of my sessions are from the time I get there until, you know, we're done as many outfit changes. I don't put limits. They can bring their dog. They, we can do whatever they want to. And so I think if you're limiting people, you're limiting yourself and not giving them this extra hour of your time is, I think, not serving them. So do you or think for me, it wouldn't be. Of course, of course. Do you think that that is how am I trying to say this? Do you think that in-person sales is the reason why you've made such explosive growth over the past 2 years or is there something else going on behind the scenes? Hey, Raymond here. If you're sometimes baffled by which camera settings to use, then I've got just the thing for you. My free guide, Picture Perfect Camera Settings. It's a fantastic starting point for anybody eager to understand the basics of camera settings in various shooting scenarios. And it's tailored to beginners who want to get out of auto mode, providing clear, easy to follow suggestions on where to start with your settings. So whether you're capturing a stunning landscape or a family portrait, Picture Perfect Camera Settings will help you to get off of automatic mode and explore the possibilities your camera offers. Remember, mastering photography settings is a journey, and this guide is your first step. And the perfect resource to guide you towards finding the right settings for your style. So grab your copy today at perfectcamerasettings.com and start your journey to better photos. I really believe that it's the reveal meeting. It's the giving that extra time to people. Um, I'm also a better photographer now. I'm also better in Lightroom and Photoshop. Um, I kind of have my workflow down, but really the giving is what the clients love. And I, I'm better at marketing now as well. I actually, I have my magazine right here. A magazine, I think, is the best marketing piece you could ever do. And um, this took me three weeks to make in Photoshop by myself. And then I had, at first, I had them on PDFs on my website. But I think that that will also set you apart is looking professional to people, having your brand, and having an amazing marketing piece. Right. Yeah, of course. I totally agree, especially because um, for somebody like you, where like you're really trying to push the power of prints and how they feel in your hands, I think giving a potential client something to hold on to just so that they can look at and get an idea of that feel, of how they're going to feel when they see their images, I think that that is a really good idea. Um, so can you walk us through maybe the differences in... I, I kind of want to. I want to find what what you're doing different now, as opposed to what you were doing back when you were essentially like you know begging people to to book you for a session. Which so many listeners right now, I'm sure, um, uh, can sympathize with. They're maybe they're there right now. So can you walk me through what are the differences when somebody would have first found you, say two years ago, as opposed to now? How how does the whole client experience and process? work? Well, for one thing, I say the same thing to every person now instead of, oh, I don't know. What do you want to do? I say, this uh. is how it's done. I seem like a professional. I actually, um, you know how a lot of people have email templates and such. 
I, um, I got tired of typing on my phone, like pressing the middle button a hundred times to type them a message. So now I send it as an image and it has, um, it's like a couch with three wooden prints over it. And then it has my spiel and then it has an image block on the top. And, um, it says the same thing that I say to every client says all of my sessions are complimentary. I don't believe that you should be obligated to invest in images that you are not in love with. And after your session, we will meet at the studio and we'll have a reveal meeting with the very best images we created. And then you get to choose what you want to do. And um, so I say the same thing to every person instead of, oh, yeah, I can go to the park and do blah, blah, blah. Um, And I think the workflow has changed. And then I have created evangelists or sneezers, as the purple cow would say, um, that automatically tell everybody that they can about the work that I do. And so I don't get a whole lot of the people like, you know, that post in the Facebook forums asking for photographers. Normally they don't hire me, but a lot of people will post my name in there more than, I mean, a lot of other, you know, photographers who are doing well, my name will get posted in there a lot because they're, they're enthusiastic about my work as well and what I'm doing and how I wasn't oh, you get an hour, this many images, one outfit, and give me your money. And then I send you a, you know, I send you a shoot proof or whatever. And um, so since I do spend that time with people and I do let them choose, they ha- they become sneezers. And so they tell all their friends. And a lot of the times, the people who actually come to me are referred to me by a person instead of by Facebook or by the web page. Have you seen my web page? Uh, It's kind of hideous. (laughs) Those were your words and not mine. Hey, Raymond here, and we're going to get back to the show in just a moment. But let me ask you, are you ready to start charging for your photography, but you just simply don't know where to start? Do you want a repeatable model that is easy to set up and grow with you? Do you want to make your first $100 with your camera? Well, let me show you how with my complete step-by-step roadmap to earn your first $100 with your camera that you can download absolutely free over at firstphotoclient.com. And honestly, even if you've been shooting for a while, the roadmap that is in this free download is still the exact method that I use today to book weddings. And yet, so few people are using it. That is a huge advantage for you. But again, only if you download your free copy right now over at firstphotoclient.com. Now, let's get back to today's interview. But it's definitely something that I wanted to touch on in this episode as, um, as, as, I don't want to say you're right. I don't want to say that your website is hideous, but I, I, what I'm trying to say is that um, compared to a lot of other photographers' websites, yours stands out. I guess it's 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 different. It's a blogger page, and yet at the same time, you're still booking consistently, and you're still getting people in. And I think that a lot of beginners have this mindset of like, if I get the best website possible, people are just going to come flocking to me, and. I know from experience and from hearing from other beginners that it just doesn't work like that. So it's great. It is great. to As much as I would love to see you, you know, put in a lot more work into your website, it's great to see that even though you don't have this team of people putting together a website for you and, you know, you're spending tons of time just, you know, 
putting together all these blocks and, and strange things that get a website quote unquote pretty, that you're still staying busy and that you're still booking clients and that they're still shouting your names from the rooftop or or sneezing your name. I'm not sure. I'm not sure where that phrase came from. But you said the purple cow. Is that right? Can you tell me what what that is? Yeah. It's not a phrase that I've uh, I've heard of before. Well, have you read The Purple Cow? I have not, no. Well, you should read The Purple Cow for one thing. It's just about marketing pretty much and getting sneezers. And they're pretty much just people who everywhere they go, they sneeze out the germs of your name (laughs) to all of their friends. And so... (laughs) um, But we need people to sneeze on their friends for us. And that's how I believe marketing should work instead of, you know, putting out a whole lot of Facebook ads. It's about getting all of these people on your team because they're real people and they're actually for you and will sneeze your name wherever you want them, you know, wherever they can. I think that's going to be the quote of this episode. We need people to sneeze on their friends for us. <laughs> that's not something I've ever definitely. heard. <laughs> that's great. That is well, hilarious. That, the Purple Cow is definitely something that I would recommend. I actually haven't even read the entire book. I'm one of those people who will read like the first half of a book and then put it away and never open it again. But I would recommend reading the entire thing even though I haven't. Just like, like I didn't read all of How to Win Friends and People. I read part of it. I mean, as long as there's simple changes being made, that's that's all that you can ask for, right? If if reading the entire book is a bit overwhelming, then take half at a time. I love that. Um, I wanted to ask, because I know, I just thought of this, I know that a lot of listeners are going to be asking me why I didn't ask this question, but you had mentioned earlier that um, you had watched a uh, an, an in-person sales uh, webinar, and it essentially it changed your life, it changed your business. Do you remember who it was by or um, where listeners could could see this webinar? I do remember who it was by, but they really try to sell things. And I don't want these people to feel obligated to buy, like to drink the Kool-Aid and buy what they were selling. Pretty much what I got out of it is you need to meet with these people and have a reveal meeting. And that's Like she's trying to sell you like a thousand dollar system. And so I didn't buy the system. I don't want anyone else to have to buy, you know, feel obligated or that they should buy the system to do in-person sales. Just do it with what you have. Don't be salesy about it. Don't, you know, use car salesmen type of thing. Um, But just get with your clients after and witness them seeing their images for the very first time. And so I, I do not recommend going to the webinar and spending $1,000. Jeez, that's hilarious. Even though it essentially changed your business and your life, you're like, you know what? There's other ways that you can find out the same info. Do you have any other resources that, uh, uh, that you would be um, happy to share that you think listeners would be able to get some good, valuable information out of? I do. I, I actually listen to podcasts almost 24-7. I even go to sleep listening to The Sprouting Photographer and your oh, podcast. Yeah. <laughs> and um, so I definitely recommend Brian Capriti, Rob Mole. Um, I listen to every single episode at least twice. And I know that sounds weird, but they have over 300 episodes. And I go to sleep listening to them. I listen to them in the car. Any time that you're not doing something, you should be listening to other photographers and other business people. I love that. Yeah, I think um, just being 
especially like you, like you said that you came from a very small town, which is why it's even more impressive that your growth has been so um, um, explosive, I guess, for lack of a better word. But I think that when you're from small towns and you don't have the community of other photographers that you might be able to have meeting face to face in larger places, or maybe if you're just an introvert, you know, and you don't like to get out and, and go to these meetings, just being able to listen and being able to still be in um, the photography mode or the business mode um, is really important. And I think that's why I really got into podcasts is like you, I love listening to other people's opinions. I love listening to their points of view, and then deciding what would be best for me, which is exactly what I'm trying to do with this podcast. You know what I mean? So it's, um, I, th- I think that's a, that's a great tip. Um, one thing that I wanted to ask is that when I was looking on your website, um, it says that if, now this is talking to clients, obviously, it says that if a client purchases a print of a certain image, then they can get the photo um, in a web-sized version of the photo so that they can post online. I think a lot of beginners might worry that that would really turn people off, that they wouldn't be able to have the full res images. Um, so just to be clear, do you, you don't give the digital images for a session unless they purchase the photos, is that correct? Or the prints rather? Any image that they print, they get the website file, but after they invest in a printed collection or even a printed product of some sort, then they can also purchase the full-size digital files. So is that, that's like an upcharge. They, they get the web-size version automatically when they buy a print, and then if they want the full-res image, then they have to pay extra for that, correct? Yes, because after that, I cannot make any more money off of that. Yeah, of course, of course. Do you, have you ever had a client... Um, be upset about that or have any um, uh, reservations against not doing that or have they ever questioned you about about why you do that? Um, I've had some people who just want digital files they didn't book their session because of that reason but I have to let them go because they were not interested in what I had to offer they didn't value print and so potentially most likely they were not my client. I have had clients, um, I mean, most people don't even think about the digital files afterwards. They say, oh, I have them on Facebook. I just wanted to share them with everybody online. And that's fine to have the watermarked file. And then I do have other people that say, oh, well, tons and tons and tons of prints. And so they'll go ahead and buy the digital file with that. And the more people purchase, the more I give to them. And so like, let's say they bought a package and then they bought a few digital files, most likely I'll throw in the rest for free. Oh, okay, I got And so I do, I give away a lot of free things when people make purchases, and that's just part of my business plan too. Sure, but you're you're just making sure that everybody knows before their session that they're not gonna get the digital files unless they purchase the print, is that right? Yes. Gotcha, okay, well that makes sense. I mean, then at that point it's not, it's not a surprise. It's not scary. It doesn't feel like you're trying to, you know, pull the rug out from under them or anything. I think that that's, uh, that obviously works. You know, you're proof that that, that that works, and I love to see that. I love that. Um, a lot of, oh, sorry. No, go on. Go on. I'd love to hear what else you were going to say. Um, a lot of people, uh, photographers, they think that people will value the digital files. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, if I'm giving them the digital files, I'm serving them, I'm giving them everything. But really, you're giving them something to lose. I actually, my wedding was shot on film in 2005. 
And um, I went to Walmart and got a CD, and guess what happened? You lost All the CD. All of my pictures are gone. Oh, no. <laughs> so I have one picture of my wedding that I downloaded off of MySpace. <laughs> and I tell people that, too. I said, that picture can never be printed because MySpace allowed you to you know, upload a megabyte or something in the beginning. So I said, my wedding is pretty much lost, and it was shot on film. And so I said, if I'm giving you just the digital files, I'm not serving you because you might not have that in 10 years. Right. And so if I give you the print, you will have it for forever unless you leave it in the sun. So, uh, yeah, that's a very good point. Uh, so as a photographer, what do you do to protect your photos? There are two ways to bring home more money with your photography business. You either get more clients or you spend less of the money that you make. CloudSpot Studio helps you keep more of what you earn. With the lowest payment processing fees in the industry, the average photographer will save $300 annually. And that's just more money to invest in essential gear like a new flash or a sweet camera bag. You know, one that is perfect for storing all of the wedding day snacks that you can pack. But it's not just about savings. CloudSpot Studio is designed to streamline your workflow. Easily organize shoots, send contracts, questionnaires, invoices, and you're really going to enjoy the hassle-free payments. So sign up for a free CloudSpot account at deliverphotos.com and... As a bonus, you're going to get access to my exclusive wedding and portrait contracts and questionnaires at no additional cost. Why let fees chip away at your profits? Empower your photo journey with CloudSpot and watch your business soar. Um, I'm not the best at, because I'm not a gear person, I'm not a tech person, I'm just now starting, I have everything on external hard drives, and I have at least a few from every session printed in my studio. I print them for myself. And I know that sounds really cheesy, but I love to display them everywhere. I have them in the matted, um, the mats. And um, I love to just put them everywhere. I have them stashed everywhere. But if my drives did fail, they have what they you know ordered the first time, but I don't guarantee that I keep them for life. I say, I guarantee them until I give you your order. And then what happens to them after that, I can't do anything about because drives fail all the time, you know, homes are destroyed. Um, but I do like to have images from my sessions printed and I am trying to start putting them on the Google drive. I, uh, I, I think I have some tips for you after, after we, after we get off here, I think I have something that might help you out. So we'll be sure to talk about that. Um, well, thank you so much. Of course. Of course. I know, I know that it can be tough, you know, especially because hard drives can get expensive and overwhelming. So I think I, I have... try to have them at least in two or three places and mm -hmm. I don't delete them off of the SD cards until I deliver either. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. Um, I wanted to ask even though I've mentioned several times that you've had really good growth just in the past couple years, is there anything that you would have gone back if you could and done differently to, uh, to, to, to grow even faster or just get where you are today sooner? I think that I've had large money blocks and I feel bad getting paid. And so if I would have gotten rid of those money blocks thinking, oh, no one's going to pay more than $75. Oh, no, if I go up to $100, are people going to hire me? And at that time, I was maybe doing one or two sessions per month. And so I didn't need to worry about, you know, if people would hire me because they were not hiring me. And so if I wouldn't have had those money blocks and wouldn't have, you know, 
talked myself out of things, I could have progressed quickly. But I know that I have, I have fewer money blocks than a lot of people, but you have to realize that you are worth it and you're worth getting paid a living wage. Even if you're not the best photographer, I'm not the best photographer and I am making a living wage, but it's because I value what I do and I can say to you with conviction that these are my prices and if you don't like them, you can go to somebody else and I will happily recommend them to someone else. How, how do you but get there? How do you, how do you get into that mindset though? I think you kind of fake it. <laughs> okay. Yeah. You fake I, it until you believe it. I totally agree. I totally agree. Um, it, it can be something that a lot of um, beginners have a hard time with, obviously, because you know, they, there's that there's that imposter syndrome, right? People feel like I've only just had this camera for not very long. Like, how how can I be so audacious? Audacious? Audi- how can I have the audacity to charge these prices when you know I still feel like I'm a beginner? Um, was there was there a time or a phrase or something that somebody said that made you think, you know what? They're right. I am worth it, and I just got to go out and do this. I really don't know. I think that it's just something that you have to work on within yourself every day and you do have to deliver to be able to charge the prices. And so maybe that is where I came up with the no session fee because if I don't deliver, then you don't pay me. Right. And so, but if I do deliver, I will be paid. And so maybe that has helped me with the money blocks as well because then I am worth charging those prices. But if you don't like it, you don't have to pay. <laughs> And, the, so and you said that earlier that even help people. Right. You said that you have only had one client not pay for a session. Is that right? Yes. So would you recommend other people um, kind of following suit and in, in, in having the same business model, I guess, as, as you do? Oh, definitely. It will keep you on your toes as well because I try my hardest with every single session, even if I don't feel like it. Right. Because I know that I have to deliver, I have to get paid, and I have to create a sneezer. Create <laughs> a sneezer. I love that. That's hilarious. <laughs> All right. Well, Brooke, do you have any um, – have you ever had an embarrassing moment or mistake during a shoot that you'd be happy to share with people? Oh, every single time I fall down, <laughs> I, I, I fall in rivers. I make all of my clients, if there's water, you're getting into the water and I'm getting into the water too. And so I trip over mossy rocks all the time. Um, I mean, it's just constant. So I can't even pick out one time. I, I think I fell in off of a chair at a wedding before, <laughs> um, but I fall down a whole lot. And, um, I know one time I went with a full memory card and I was sitting there walking with my client, deleting other photos from the camera. And that is so bad to do, oh, I know. Gosh. And um, But embarrassing things happen to me all the time. Am I, I think it was, it was earlier this week, I picked up my camera bag and the zipper just broke. And all of my a lens hood broke, but no lenses. But um, I, I've had my camera fall off of it, a tripod fall off of a tripod and the lens break at a, it was at a furniture store that I was photographing, <laughs> but things like that happen to me all the time. And, wow. um, you just kind of have to laugh at yourself yeah. and make sure that everyone else is laughing with you and not like, Oh my goodness, how sad yeah, you don't yeah. want them to be sad for you that you want them to laugh. And so you just kind of have to forget about it. Yeah, that's, uh, that, that's very true. That's very smart. Um, I was going to ask one more question, um, but I lost my train of thought. 
So I can do that. <laughs> I mean, that was good. I was trying to think like, what would I do if I dropped my lens off of a tripod? Like, at a wedding, yeah, that, that's got to be devastating. But I think you're right. You just got to, you know, roll with the punches and whatever happens, happens for sure. So that's, I love that. Um, but I do want to be uh, mindful of your time. So can you tell all the listeners where we can keep up with you online? Definitely. Um, BrookeMindenHall.com, which is the, the horrendous website. And then um, Facebook.com slash Photography and Instagram.com slash Photography. So it's not too hard to remember. Everything's just my name. Um, but I would definitely love to hear from other people. And I, I really wanted to do this um, in order to tell other people about, you know, reveal meetings about the spirit of service about the client experience that you can provide and it really will set you apart from everyone else and it will make you unique well on that note is there anything that maybe i didn't ask you today that you do want to share with the listeners just don't be scared don't be scared i love it perfect well brooke thank you so much for coming on the podcast you did wonderful and i'm excited to keep up with you and your journey thank you so much it was so wonderful to be on your podcast what did I tell you? I told you. I told you exactly what was going to happen. I told you that you were going to get value out of this podcast, and you did. I hope that you did. And if you didn't, well, then you just weren't paying attention. Or maybe you're, you know, I mean, I've been in, I was going to say maybe you've been doing it for a few years, but I've been doing it for a few years. And even in this episode, I still got ideas. In fact, I've been looking on um, on, on eBay for, a, uh, for an iPad all day, for a new iPad. Um, all day because I really like the idea of having a reveal. You know, I mean, uh, one of my biggest concerns is, oh, well, this place isn't fancy enough to do reveals. I'm not going to do it in my home with my kids and a dirty house. But she's like, no, I've literally been to McDonald's and, and did a reveal for these people. And that's um, that that's really interesting. You know, um, even though photography is a service and people want really good service, um, don't let it stop you. You know what I mean? Maybe you don't want to go to McDonald's to have a reveal. And that's that's fine. Pick somewhere else. Obviously, she's done them at, at Starbucks as well. You can do it at Starbucks. Maybe, you know, you can go really high end with this without ever having to go within your home. Um, just do it at a coffee shop. Do it somewhere nice. Um, she's done it in parks. Brooke has done it in parks. That's crazy. That's crazy. And it works for her. So nothing like there's no excuse why it should be stopping you. So don't let it stop you. I'm not going to let it stop me. Like I said, I've been looking for an iPad all day, so I'm going to be checking that out. I might, uh, I might, I might do something with that. I really like the idea, but, um, that's it for today's episode. Uh, if you guys have any more questions for Brooke, she will be in the Beginner Photography Podcast Facebook group, which you can join officially by just searching Facebook for Beginner Photography Podcast, um, group, I suppose, and, and you'll be able to find it. You might find the official page, but anyway, it doesn't matter. So, so just go um, check it out. And I also want to remind you guys, for all of the new listeners, to head over to beginnerphotographypodcast.com and sign up for our free 14-day video course um, on just taking better photos today. You're going to get a new video every day in your inbox for the next two weeks on how you can take better photos. So you can't beat that. It's free, like I said. Um, people have been saying that I, I've just been getting good feedback out of it, and uh, I, I can see that it's helping people. So if you're interested, like I said, head over to beginnerphotographypodcast.com and uh, click the link up at the top of the page and, uh, and get it for yourself. So again, guys, that's it for today's episode. I want you guys to get out there, get shooting, have fun, be safe. I love you guys, and I'll see you soon. 
Thank you for listening to today's episode of the Beginner Photography Podcast. Be sure to join the conversations on Facebook and Instagram. And if you want any links or resources we talked about in today's episode, check out the show notes at beginnerphotographypodcast.com. See you again next week.